part that we have to do. There's a part that we have to play. We are children of God. We are sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. We are representatives of Christ Jesus. And when you came into fellowship with Christ, there's just some things that you can't do anymore. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you may know, we've been in a series entitled Uncovering Our Identity in Christ. And today's episode is the concluding part. It is part number nine. And we're going to go into a part two of last week's message, and it was entitled, Can You See Me? So this is part number two of Can You See Me? And it's the concluding part of the series. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear the entire series downloaded and all that good stuff and even watch the entire series as well. And if you have Roku, make sure you search for our channel, Kingdom Rock TV, right there. And don't forget, as you take the word on the go, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Google Play as well as in the Apple market. I believe it will bless you richly. All right, without any further ado, here comes the concluding part of the series, and it asks the question, can you see me? Part number two, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is indeed the head of my life. Let me tell you this before we get started here today, that it is important. The Bible declares that and I want, if you hear nothing else today, you need to really hear this. Let those that have an ear hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Now, uh, typically we say the day begins when we get up in the morning, right? For some of you, five o'clock in the morning, six, seven, whatever. That's your that's the beginning of your day. Uh, let me tell you, biblically, the, the, the day begins in the evening. Uh, in creation, the evening and uh, the evening and the morning or the first day and so forth and so on. Typically, the evening or the day started in the evening time. Hallelujah. So let's get back on Bible time. So if that be true, and it is so, look at it in the book of Genesis, that the day starts in the evening. When you lay your head down to rest, you're starting your day. You're actually starting your day. I was telling Minister Stegall about that. You're actually starting your day. So this is what the Lord he began to do with me. This is what I began to do. I began to say as I turn over to finally go to sleep, I say, Holy Spirit, today I start this day with you. I start this day actually in the spirit because dreams are very spiritual. They are very spiritual. And I start this day in the spirit. So I ask him, lead my dreams, lead my faults as I start this day with you. If you begin to do that and be serious about doing that and understand that that starts your day, you will begin to have encounters with God. Last night I had a, a divine encounter with the, the divine encounter with the Father. I had seen the I had seen the Lord Jesus in dreams many times. Many times had many encounters with him in dreams. So very real. But last night, or rather this morning, uh, early this morning, I tried to explain this dream to my wife, but it was it was some things I can't really um, say, and some things were fading away as I was trying to tell her. I even started my phone to record so I could get it down before it, before it left me. But one 
uh, part of the dream just sticks with me, just like this podium in me was solid. Uh, when an angel came to me and said, now, hey, said, the Father wants to see you. You have an appointment with the Father. I said, wonderful, let's go, let's go. And so as I saw him sitting there, he was sitting in, it looked like a regular uh, chair. As I saw him, I ran to him like I was a, like I was a toddler, a three-year-old, and I jumped up on his lap and I hugged him and I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. It was one of those good cries. You know, you feel better afterwards, you know? You, go, <laughs> you know, I just cried and cried and cried. Oh, it felt so good. It felt so good to finally, it's like, finally, oh, finally, oh. It was such a wonderful experience. Like I said, I've seen the Lord many times in dreams, but this was the first time, my first encounter with the Father. And it was such a wonderful thing, such a wonderful feeling that I continue to hold in my heart now. I'll forever hold that, that encounter uh, with the Father in a dream. So I want to tell you again, let your day start there in uh, the evening when you put your head down on the pillow. Say, Lord, I want to start this day with you. Let us have this spiritual encounter together. How many of you ever awakened from a dream and it was a bad dream you and it kind of messed you up all day long? It was a very frightful, fearful dream. The spirit of that dream was so horrible and it just... You got to, or it was something that had you in a bad mood all day long. You know, it's a spiritual dream, right? Something that happened in the spirit. You couldn't touch it, taste it, smell it. It happened somewhere else. You woke up under the influence of another spirit. Why not wake up under the influence of the Holy Spirit? As you invite him into your dreams, you invite him to start the day with you. Let those that have an ear hear what the Spirit says. All right, well, this morning we're going to go back into uh, the series entitled Uncovering Our Identity in Christ. This is part number nine, and I do believe it is the um, last part of the series. If you've not heard the other parts, go to the website, www.kingdomrock.org. There you can hear the entire series. If you haven't subscribed to uh, the podcast, make sure you do that. Look for Kingdom Rock under the Apple Store or uh, Google Play and you can find us there. Look for Kingdom Rock or Kingdom Rock Radio or Pastor Mark Stroud, however you want to do it, but you'll find us there and you'll find all the parts to this series and so much more. Amen with that. All right, let's go ahead now. We're going to go back to 1 John, the third chapter, 1 John, the third chapter, verses 1 through 10, and we're going to continue what we, where we left off on last week, speaking from the subject of, can you see me now? Can you see me now or, or can you see me? This will be part number two of that. So I'm thankful today that you are praying with me in Jesus' name. So here it goes. First uh, John, the third chapter, verses one through 10 out of the King James Version. This is how it reads. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now we stopped there, we really talked a lot about that on last week, 
about that principle, uh, what you behold is what you will become like. You will become like what you see. And we said that once Jesus appears, obviously once he appears spiritually there, once you, once you see him spiritually or naturally, you know, you become like him. But we're not going to wait to see him in the clouds. We will see him in the clouds. Everybody will see him in the clouds and be transformed, those of us who are in Christ. But uh, the true interpretation of this is, is as we see the Lord in the word, as we, as we see him manifested, as he appears to us in his word, as he gives us understanding and clarity of the scriptures, we become more like him. We begin to think like him. We begin to operate like he does. Amen? So as you see him, you will become like him. So I'll tell you, as I told you last week, search the scriptures. Ask, ask the Holy Spirit uh, to give you witness of the spirit and ask him to open your understanding so that you can clearly see Christ in the word. And the more you see Christ in his word, the more you will become like him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. All right, so we went on to verse number three. Let's go on. It says, and everyone that have this hope in him uh, purifieth himself even as he is pure. We'll get back to that. Uh, whoso, whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Whosoever, whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him little children let no man deceive you he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous he that committeth sin is of the devil for the devil sinneth from the beginning for this purpose the son of god was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil whosoever is born of god doth not commit sin for his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God in this uh, in this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil whosoever uh, doeth not righteousness is not of God neither he that loveth not his brother all right, now let's also look at 1 John, the fifth chapter, uh, verses 18 through 21 of the King James Version. And this is how it reads as he picks up the same, as the Lord picks up the same thought here. Verse 18 says, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, uh, uh, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself and the wicked one toucheth him not. You remember that on last week? Brother Richard helped us out on last week with that. Notice, notice again, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself. And we understand that it is not us directly keeping us, but it is the spirit of God within us, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit within us that is changing us. And God is actually the one that is keeping you. Hallelujah. We are agreeing with what the Holy Spirit is saying as he is doing the work internally. We are partnering with him. We're partnering with him. And it is he, God, that is keeping us and we're working together with him. Hallelujah. And then it says thus, and it says, and, um, and the wicked one touches him not. Verse 19, and we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding 
That is, he's given us another way of thinking. Jesus has given you an understanding. He's given you another way of thinking that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in uh, his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God, the eternal and eternal life. Then verse 21, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. All right, so let's go back up to verse number three. And uh, verse three and four, we're going to talk a little bit about this, and then we're going to go on today. Are y'all still with me today? Verse three says again, all who have this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Verse four, whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law for, for sin is the uh, transgression of the law. Now, let's talk about verse four and then we get verse number three because there are some things that you must understand because this, I'm telling you, is the key, part of the key to your identity in Christ and also your victory in life. Verse four says, uh, whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law. Now, uh, Romans, 4, Romans 7, 4 says plainly that we are dead to the law. Romans 7, 4, we are dead to the law. So if you are not born of God, if you are not born again, then you are still under the system and control of the law. And if you're under the system and control of the law, you will continue to commit sin. And the word commit sin, committed sin, talks about a lifestyle. As a matter of fact, every time we, just about every time we see sinning here or sinneth, it talks about a lifestyle or a habitual act of sin with no repentance and no remorse, meaning that this no longer bothers you. You can keep on doing it until Jesus comes, won't bother you at all. And the Bible says that whosoever uh, committed sin or whoever has this continual lifestyle of sin is transgressing also the law for sin is the transgression of law, meaning that this person has not received the grace of God. They are abiding under law. They have not received the grace of Christ, not received the grace of God not receive the free favor that God has given unto them. They are under a system of religion, a system of do's and don'ts. And any time that you're under that system of religion, the system of do's and don'ts, I'm telling you, sin is inevitable. It will continue to sin because uh, sin, uh, the, the law causes sin to show up. It causes it to look exceeding sinful. The moment I tell you not to do something, then you really want to do it. Whatever you do, children, today, don't eat those chocolate chip cookies. You may eat all this other stuff in here, but don't eat those chocolate chip cookies. You hear me? Don't eat those chocolate chip cookies. Before you came to the room, you wouldn't even think about chocolate chip cookies, but now all day, I want them chocolate chip cookies. Oh, I know she said don't eat it, but... Oh. Why is my mouth watering like that? Why, why, why? The moment she said, don't eat the cookie, I want the cookie. Are you hearing? 
Well, the law and the Lord, you remember the people of God said, Lord, hey, whatever you say, we can do it. We can do all the law that you placed before us. And people thought that they were right in what they were doing. God said, all right, let me show you. Let me give you a, a system. Let me give you my standard of rightness. And let's see how you come up to my standard of rightness. And nobody could, could keep up with God's standard of rightness. The, the law was not given to make people holy. The law was given to show people their sin so that they would fall down and say, Lord, we have need of a Savior. Save us. The law was given so that, given so that we could see that we are exceedingly sinful on the inside. But if anyone stays under the law, if you stay under the, that religious system of do's and don'ts, your sin will continue and you will habitually live in it. But those who receive the grace of God, Jesus has delivered you from the system of law. Hallelujah. And you'll find the closer you get to him, the less and less and less you'll do those other things. Hallelujah. All right. So this is why I wanted to bring that to you. Now, verse number three says, uh, all who have this hope, hope of what? Hope of being like Christ in him, purified himself, even as he is pure. Listen, God has a part and we have a part. Say that with me. God has a part and we have a part. As you have this hope of being like Christ, you are purifying yourself. Now, this self-purification is not so that you can be accepted by God. You already accepted by God through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. But this is, a, this is a work that we have to do, being led of the Spirit. As a matter of fact, this uh, self-purification is in response to the work that the Lord has done for us and through us on the inside. Because he has purified you on the inside, he has made you a new person. Remember, you are a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God has perfected you on the inside. If you were to see yourself spiritually, Spiritually, you would see a perfect person spiritually. Hallelujah. Uh, matter of fact, the Bible says that uh, he has forever perfected those that are being made holy. Although we are perfect and in the image of Christ spiritually, your soul still jacked up. Hallelujah. I know those aren't proper terms. But we still have some things going on in our mind, in our thinking, and uh, in, in our emotions. We, we still get in the flesh. Somebody ticks us off. And when they tick you off, you're not thinking about Jesus. You're thinking about doing something to him. You're thinking about lashing out with them with your tongue. We're still worried about stuff. What is worry? Worry signifies I do not trust God. Worry is simply fear. Fear that God won't come through. And that's sin, folks. Are you hearing me? That's, what we're, that's what's happening here. So, uh, you know, again, what I'm telling you is that the work of purification starts, it started with Christ on the inside. He made us pure on the inside. And because Christ is pure, we can also become pure. But there's a work that we have to do. We have to submit to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's part of that purification process. We have to submit to the word of God and, and hear the word of God and be changed by the word of God. That's a part of the purification process. Hallelujah. 
where we keep ourselves from seeing things and, and hearing things and all these other stuff that, that's wrong. That's a part of the purification process where we are uh, being also morally pure. Hallelujah. Staying away from some things that are, we know are wrong for us. Staying away from some influences that we know are bad for us. Hallelujah. If you know they're going to be telling nasty jokes in the break room, and if you know you still hee-hee-hee, don't go in the break room. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There's a part that we have to do. There's a part that we have to play. We are children of God. We are sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. We are representatives of Christ Jesus. And when you came into fellowship with Christ, there's just some things that you can't do anymore. Hallelujah. Every parent should know that. I, I want to have a good influence on my son. So he won't find me going to the club and all this other stuff. You have to be a good example. Because you are a child of God. You're an influence on your children, influence on your coworkers. You are an influence. You say you're with Jesus. And you owe them Jesus. Hallelujah. So everybody that has his hope in himself purifies himself, even as he is pure, or just as he is pure. So, and let me say this again. The phrase, just as he is pure, refers to Christ and the finished work of Christ uh, on the inside of us. And it is, our, it is our present state and condition. Say with me, I am pure. Spiritually. Absolutely. This is the only way the Father could deal with you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not live in your body. He doesn't live in your soul. Show don't live in your soul. He lives in your spirit. Spirit lives in spirit. And the only way that a holy God, a pure God, could live in, uh, uh, live in you is if you had a pure and holy spirit. Are you hearing me? So that is the state. That is your internal state. That is your new nature. But where the Lord is dealing with us as far as our soul getting our soul together uh, so that we may manifest the manifest the um, manifest the glory of God uh, throughout uh, throughout our entire life because you do understand that your soul is the only thing many times that is holding up the, holding up the promises and glory of God in your life God says okay I want you to give this oh your, your spirit heard it but soul says what I need that money. Soul starts talking to you, right? God says, you need to forgive. What? You don't, you don't know what they did. You don't look, you don't Soul starts talking, right? They point their finger in your face and start cursing at you. God says, do good to those who curse you. What? I'm going to give them a part of me. Filth and foul and foul and filth. Wait, that wasn't the spirit. That was stuff that came out of your soul. You see, the more we get into the word of God, the more we allow the Holy Spirit to purify us and, and cleanse us. You see, if garbage is not in you, garbage can't come 
out of you. If you're squeezed and trash comes out, it's because trash is in there. If you're squeezed and Jesus comes out, it's because Jesus is in there. Are you hearing me? All right. So again, listen to this verse. It says, I want you to get this because there's another way of thinking about this. And I need you to, to really get this. It says, all who have this hope in himself, you have this hope in you, purify yourself just as he is pure. In other words, your inner condition will eventually be seen in your outer condition, right? What you have done on the, what you have on the inside will eventually manifest on the outside. If you love somebody on the inside, eventually them arms gonna come open. If you hate somebody on the inside, eventually your fingers will make things and signs and symbols and stuff. Whatever's on the inside will manifest on the outside. If you have peace on the inside, eventually it will manifest on the outside. If you are warring and hostile on the inside, no matter how much we try to put on a, a smile, <laughs> eventually that will manifest on the outside. Whatever is on the inside will then manifest on the outside. The Bible says again that uh, he or him or you, if you have that hope in yourself, eventually the purification will take process. It, it will, will manifest outwardly, but you have to have it inside. The desire to, desire to be purified from the things of this world will then eventually manifest outside if it is truly in inside. Does that make sense? It says all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Where is he pure? On the inside. Whatever is on the inside will eventually manifest outwardly. If it's in, it's gonna come out. Are you hearing? All right, so let's, let's go on for a second. I want you to understand. Uh, let's go down to verse number five. It says, because, because again, we have this hope of being like Christ, we keep ourselves from the contaminants of the world. Uh, but it's really not you that's doing the work because if you had the power to straighten you out, you would be straightened out. Hallelujah. Because you're not crazy as a Bessie bug. You have sense. And if you could have straightened yourself out, you would have straightened yourself out, right? It's not you that's doing work. It is Christ within you. It is Christ that has begun the work. Christ will complete the work. Now, so it is a spirit that takes hold of the word of God and changes and transforms us. And uh, when Christ appears, we become like him. These words are sort of echoed here in verse number five. It says, and we know that he, Jesus, was manifested, Jesus, the word of God. Remember, before Jesus was savior, he was the word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So before Jesus became known as Messiah, he was known as the word. So as the word is manifested within you, it's, it's that word that will take away our sins. And in him, in the word, there is no sin. 
So again, when the word is manifested, manifested means to be actually seen, to be visible, uh, to be realized. When the word is made clear to you, sin is taken away. Sin is taken away. Does that make sense? When the word is seen, when it is manifested, sin is taken away. The more words you understand. Now, don't, don't get this twisted. I didn't say the more you read your Bible, sin is taken away. I said the more you understand, the more the Holy Spirit illuminates, the more it is manifested, the more aha moments, the more revelation you receive, the more it explodes. Every time the word explodes and leaps off the pages of the Bible, anytime you're in the, a church service or uh, you're doing your own Bible study or you're listening, uh, listening to a spirit-led person or minister or teacher or pastor and the word of God explodes and you say, aha, I see see that I understand that guess what also is happening you are being changed you are being transformed so just Bible reading is not going to be transformative the devil knows the scripture but it's when you take that word you understand it and you apply it and you have those aha moments and it's clear you can see it it is in those moments that change is taking place are you hearing Look at verse number six. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth have not seen him, neither know him. Now, this is a promise that I need you to get. As we go line by line, we're going to have to end this today, I believe. So I pray that you're with me. All right. He says, whosoever abideth in him. Now, the word abide means to be present, to be present. I mean, that's where you live. I think we were there on last week. That's where you live. You dwell there. You abide there. If you are presently with the Lord, that, that is, you are constantly present with the Lord, it says, uh, whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. The word sinneth there, it denotes a present condition. That is, if we are abiding in Christ, we live in Christ, we cannot continue to, we cannot have a habitual lifestyle of sin. Can't happen. It, it can't happen. Now remember, we're going to honor and believe the testimony of God and not our personal experiences. Not someone who is highfalutin somebody, a, a, a spiritual superstar. Oh, uh, he's laying hands on the sick and, and they're recovering. Uh, he must be with Jesus. Uh, yeah, I know he's in adultery. I know this and that and the other. But look, look at the signs and wonders. Jesus said at that day when they see him, he said, many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, haven't I done many wondrous works in your name? Haven't I done this and that? He will say, depart from me. I never knew you. The gifts, of, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Just because you see a sign and a wonder, doesn't, and especially just because you hear a tongue, somebody uh, speaking in tongues, Shonda, Shonda, he's coming in the boat, he's coming with a bow tie, he's coming in Chevrolet, he's coming in a Honda, 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 Honda. Just because you hear a tongue does not mean that they are filled with the, with the, with the Holy Spirit. And spirit is wind, the spirit is breath. So just because they pray or seem to pray in the spirit, they may be filled with breath or air, but it may just be hot air and not the spirit of the living God. Are you hearing me? 
The scripture says again, he that abides in him, he that abides in Christ, abides in his word, abides in the revealed word of God, uh, sinneth not. In other words, does not have a habitual lifestyle of sin. Can't happen. It says, whosoever sinneth or has an habitual, habitual lifestyle of sinning, uh, it says, whosoever sinneth have not seen him, neither knoweth him. If we have a lifestyle like that, you haven't seen him and you don't know him. The Bible's making this very, very clear. Now, this is good news to us because if we are indeed abiding in Christ, if we are in Christ, this is good news because if the enemy comes to you with some sort of temptation, test, or trial, he comes to you and you, you feel yourself fall again, this is good news because the enemy can't keep you there. You can't remain there. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is perfecting you. You cannot remain there in that because God is keeping you. Hallelujah. You can't do that anymore. You can't stay there. That's good news. The enemy cannot trap me. He cannot ensnare me. If I fall, I will rise again. I will rise again. Hallelujah. If you are indeed in Christ, this is good news because this is God's insurance plan because you can't stay there in that mess. You'll have to get up. Are you hearing me? Now, let me read that whole uh, section of scripture, uh, verse 6 through 10. Uh, out of the uh, English Standard Version. I want you to hear how it reads, and I believe it brings a little bit closer home to you. Remember, there's one reason, one reason I bring to you other versions of the Bible other than the King James is because I want you to understand. I need you to have those revelatory moments, those aha moments, I see that. So I want you to hear how, this verse, how these verses read uh, in the uh, English Standard Version. This this again is 1 John, the third chapter, verse 6 through 10. And it says, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Who, whosoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whosoever rather whoever uh, makes a practice of sinning is of the devil for the devil has been sinning from the beginning the reason the son of god appeared was to destroy the works of the devil no one born of god makes a practice of sinning for god's seed that is the Holy Spirit, abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. I think that was very, very plain. So if you find yourself, you say, Lord, I can't stop doing this. I can't stop doing this. It seems like it has me trapped. And you know, I'm not bothered by it anymore. I can come to church, but I'm not bothered by it anymore. You need to recommit yourself to the Lord. Invite Jesus Christ in your heart and in your life because something is very wrong. 
Remember, we believe the testimony of Christ in the word of God, not the testimony of, of ourselves or others or, and all of that. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Are you hearing me? Let me give you some more witnesses of that because we're living in the last days. We're living in the last days, and the Bible says that many um, antichrist or false Christ has, uh, ha has arisen. And you'll hear a lot of false doctrine within the halls of the church. And there are something, some things that God completely says, this is wrong. Living this way is wrong. But then they say, well, hey, I live this way, and I love Jesus. He's my Lord, and I'm saved. Hmm. I'm going to believe the testimony of the word of God and not your testimony. I don't care how many people, how many followers you have, how much money you have, how, to, how, how big the building is. I'm going to believe the testimony of the word of God. Are you hearing me? Uh, look at uh, 1 John, the first chapter, uh, verses 5 through 7. Also gives witness to this fact. It says, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Look at verse six. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. The phrase or the word walk there denotes a lifestyle. That's where you live. It's a manner of life, a course of life. If we say that we have fellowship with him, with God, and walk or have a lifestyle where we live in darkness, you are, scripture says, you lie and we lie and do not the truth. Look at verse seven. It says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And what happens? And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, does what? Cleanses us from all sin. Now, this tells us a number of things. One, it tells us that uh, it is possible to be a born-again believer, spirit-filled, child of God, and still commit a sin. Because it says, as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, what's happening? The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, is doing what? Cleansing us of all sin. It is unfortunate, but it is true, as we continue to grow in him, as the soul is continue to, continuing to be clean, cleaned out, uh, while that purification process is going on, we will fall. But we can't stay down. There's a song that says, we fall down, but we get up. And I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> that didn't sound too good. <clears throat> but there you have it, right? So what's happening as we fellowship with the Father, we're fellowshipping with him. He's changing us and transforming us. And while we're in process, the blood is available to cleanse us. And we can't stay down there because the spirit of God within us, his seed is within us. And what we have also, the blood is cleansing us. The blood is washing over us. So God is in charge of our purification process. And he's revealing to us the word of Christ. And as we see his word, we're being transformed. We're being changed into the image that we are seeing. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? So I want, uh, so I need you to know that. And as we continue just to really uh, just dive in here, uh, 
and um, we'll begin to we'll continue to become more and more like him. All right, so that's one witness. Let me give you another one. Let's go to First John, the second chapter, verse number four. First John, second chapter, verse four says this: He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a what? Is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Do you see this? I need you to understand uh, who you are in Christ, and I need you to also hear the word of God so that you'll know where the false is too. If you find yourself being on the wrong side, hey, well, let's go to the Lord and confess our sins before him. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Are you hearing me? Let's get in covenant and in fellowshipping with, with God. All right, let's look at one more. Let's look at um, 2 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. I'm just giving you a lot of scripture because I want you to, I want to get this in your hearing because I need you with every scripture, uh, you should be getting more of a flow of what the Lord is saying, more of an understanding. Now look at this, 2 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, verses 14 through 18, uh, the New Living Translation. Are y'all still with me today? All right, it says, now I love this, grab a hold of this. It says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. King James says, don't be equally yoked. Be not equally yoked with unbelievers. It says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them. Rather than start again. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things. Isn't that something? Don't touch their filthy things. And I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the, uh, says the Lord Almighty. Now, it says don't be in partnership with them. Don't be in covenant with them. In other words, don't share your strength with them. That doesn't say don't get on a job and work with them. Don't go into the personnel office and say you're about to be, you're, 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 there to, um, you're there to apply for a job position and you go to the human resources person and says, look now, before I can get a job here, I need to know something. Is everybody in this place saved or not? Because if they're not saved, I can't work here. Well, if you're going to go that far, you go to every bank before you put your money in it and say, are all the people in here saved, you know, because it's not a capable. No, that's idiocy. Are you hearing me? No. He's talking about being in partnership, being in covenant with them. Are you hearing? Uh, even in relationship, deep connection relationship, and in, and in marriage, deep fellowship. Because what's happening, uh, if you look at it in Bible times and even today, a yoke was, was what was tied about the neck and that joined you to someone else. And you can't go forward or backwards without having them by you. And if you're tied to an unbeliever, you want to do something with, for Christ and they're holding, whoa, buddy, come on. No, we're not doing that. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. No, 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 no. You're going to make yourself, you're going to make your life even harder 
and dreadful if you do that. Are you hearing me? So God gives you that word. Don't let that happen. Hallelujah. Now, what do we do? What do believers do? And we'll stop here. I think this is a good place to stop. Let's go to 1 John, the first chapter, verses 8 through 10. This is what you're going to do with the, with the sin uh, that will occur in your life. Remember that you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility as being a born-again believer, as being a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God. You have a responsibility, but you're not meant to shoulder that responsibility by yourself because you cannot make yourself holy. You cannot make yourself godly. You cannot live this Christian life by yourself. All you can do is yield to the spirit of God and put yourself in position to receive from him and to constantly do your best to see him. Watch what you put before your eyes and uh, guard, guard your eyes, guard your ears, because these are gates that lead down into the soul. If you're constantly seeing negative things, those negative things will get in you and those negative things will also come out of you. If you're constantly hearing negative things, those will get in you, and then eventually it will come out of you. If your life is, is filled with negativity and filled with dread and all of that, it's because we're seeing some things and hearing some things. But if you say, well, I'm in a terrible environment, and you don't know them, you don't know my husband, you don't know my wife, you don't know my coworkers, and they always keep up mess all around me, well, they're not around you 24 hours, seven days a week. I know it feel like it. But when they are not there, put the word in you and declare the word of God in you. Put that word in your ear, driving down a road, put it in your ear and, and put your headphones on and get the word of God in you. Begin to feed your faith. Begin to feed yourself with the word of God. And I'm telling you, the more you do that, the more you become like him. The more you become like him, the more you arise above that. You may be in that area, but you also can walk above it. You can be a storm walker and walk above the storm and not be drowned in the storm. I hope that you just heard that word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I got that. First John 1, verses 8 through 10, and we're going to stop here out of the New Living Translation. He says, if we claim we have no sin. Now, these are some people who call themselves super saints. Well, I don't have any sin in me because Jesus has taken it all away, and I'm not guilty of anything. If we say, rather, if we claim we have no sin, if we claim we have no error in our lives, we are only fooling ourselves because you're not fooling the people that live with you, number one. And you're not fooling, you know, those who are in Christ. He said we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. If you say, I'm, I'm good, listen, the person who claims to have no sin is saying, actually, actually, they're saying that you are like Christ in every way. That's what you're saying. You're like Christ in every way. 
You've not missed the mark in any area of your life. Now, I haven't met that person yet. But you do have some people who have those claims, and I've seen them. They look like they're super haughty, and mm, mm, mm. You know, they don't, don't touch me, mm, mm, mm. No, I'm too holy to go around them, mm, mm. Boy, I'm glad Jesus didn't have that, that attitude. That should tell you there, that's not Christ. Jesus didn't do all of that. Are you hearing me? No, whenever you see that sort of, that quote unquote super saint, I wonder, you're not fooling me. I see the devil. You may be fooling yourself. But the Bible says again, we have to confess it. Confess our sins. Confess your sin before the Lord. Not to other people. Confess, you can confess your faults to one to another so that we can pray for one another. But confess your sin before God. When you confess it out, it goes out. The more you confess it, Lord, I'm telling you, my mouth just get me in trouble. Lord, I'm telling you, I'm still fearful. I'm still worrying, Lord. Lord, I'm telling you, I just can't seem to stay out of the bed. Lord, I'm telling you, I got this stuff going on. As you talk to him about it, when you confess it out, it goes out. And the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And what are we confessing? As you're in connection with Christ and in communion with him, the Holy Spirit will tell you, here is the area. Here is the area. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. And your confession is working in line with the Spirit of God. And I'm telling you, he will change you. He's changing. He will show you. Uh, look in this word. Look in this scripture. Begin to declare this. Begin to speak this over your life. And as you do that, it purifies and purifies and purifies and purifies. Until the point, again, that you will be overcome by the storm, you will actually walk on the storm. Instead of being drowned by it, you will rise above it. But you're going to have to get into his word. You are a child of God. You are the offspring of God. Right now, now you are, the Bible says in King James, now are you the sons of God. So I pray that you will hear that and that you can rise above this stuff and keep yourselves from idols. Idols are those facsimiles that declare that they are God, but they are not. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name for our online community and those that are listening and those that are watching right now. Lord, I pray that you will keep them safe and that you protect them and that they would also, as well as us here, would realize that they are, in fact, the offspring of God. And, Father, I pray that my friend will, would, uh, would also check themselves. I pray that they would check themselves to see whether they be in the faith or not. Lord, I pray that they will find a place of repentance in those that are in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that they will be encouraged and that they would see you in your word and be changed and transformed. We love you here at Kingdom Rock. And anytime you're in the area, please stop by and visit with us. We love to have you here. We want you to know that we are indeed praying for you. We love you in Jesus' name. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. 
That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.